Christian farm. You yeah. worked your butt off in the off season, correct? Knocking on doors and did you give out a bunch of apple pies? Yeah, <laughs> I'm notorious for giving out pies, but yeah, this this, this time of year. I drive around in the springtime, you know, With pies. Try and sorry, I'm just <laughs> I'm imagining an old couple sitting on on rocking yeah. chairs on their front. There's porch. a boy walking up to the door <laughs> with a pie. Carl's the guy. He's like uh, Ethel Pie Boy's back. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. This guy won't give up. <laughs> as long as I shoot big deer, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. You can believe that this is episode number 364. I can't believe it. Next episode, <laughs> people will be able to officially go back into our back catalog, listen to an episode every day for a full year. Those poor sons of guns. Mm. <laughs> Can speaking you imagine? Of, speaking of poor sons of guns. You're Tim Chelsea. And you're Matt Drury. <laughs> we're co-hosts here. Hey, this here podcast. We're, we got bellies full of meat. We just finished oh, a, a little grill out here. That's what she said. <laughs> At the studio. <laughs> Scotty brought in some back. Who all that, that venison come from? That was, all was from Scott's, uh, Scott's deer from gun season. Okay. So that was... We smoked it on the Cabela's Pro Series. He had uh, bacon wrap back straps. Uh, Him and Alan were in charge of this, and uh, and then we had a venison queso, and it was nodding his head. Yeah, it was the queso looked like a kid's pile of vomit from school. <laughs> it didn't taste <laughs> it like didn't that. Smell like that. It was good. It, yeah, it oh, was delicious. We should. We got a couple guests. In studio I was going to see how far we could go before without. someone's like, uh, <laughs> "We're here." We're not acknowledging these two. Who else is laughing? I could have gone for the whole podcast <laughs> and ignored these guys. Well, guys, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> we got Carson. We got Brant in from the Iowa we studio. Got Carson, Brant, and sorry, Carson and Bryson. <laughs> Too many bees. Not really, but okay. <laughs> so it's I'm been a long day. I'm long week. Drunk. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. So Some of the guys, uh, um, the followers said they wanted to see us drunk more. So Oh, that's right. Yeah. Just, you're meat drunk. Yeah. <laughs> they also wanted to have our wives stop uh, by the studio. Also not a great idea. Yeah, probably not going to happen. <laughs> yep. They are not impressed by us. All right. So um, we, we had a couple days of production meetings here in the St. Louis studio. And so the Iowa crew came down, Bryce and Carson and Darren uh, make up the Iowa studio. And so they came down for the meetings and we figured while these guys were in, we should do a podcast about their fall season because they both killed great deer. And Carson had one of the coolest hunts of the whole year from the entire team. So we kind of wanted to dive into that. It was, it was epic. Yeah. I'm not real interested <laughs> Someone's bitter. I'll, I'll, Someone's I'll listen. Really holding on to that 2023. <laughs> hey, stink listen, trophy. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, you've seen one deer, you've seen them all, right? <laughs> that, that was probably the interesting part about this hunt. You don't see what this deer did and how it reacted to the calling and just the whole storyline. You don't see that often. So it, of course, it got out of the gate strong, got a lot of views, and right. people really loved it. So, and the fact yeah. that it was like the type of hunting that you did to kill that deer, I know a lot of people are interested in hearing more about that too. Yeah, yeah, private ground and literally a piece I hadn't stepped foot on besides putting cameras on, and we go in there the first time and happened to get lucky and pull that deer off the hillside. Well, okay. So let's backtrack though. You said private ground, but it was a permission piece. A you permission farm, you yeah. worked your butt off in the off season, Correct. knocking on doors and what, sending out letters. And did you give out a bunch of apple pies? Yeah. <laughs> dignity in the process here. I'm, I'm notorious for giving out pies, but yeah, this, this, this time of year, uh, I, I think you can learn something, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, I need. I I drive around in the springtime, you know, pies. trying <laughs> trying to get permission on farms to go and shed hunt. I love shed hunting, and normally go and. Sorry, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm imagining an old couple sitting on on rocking yeah. chairs on their front. There's porch. a boy walking up to the door with a pie. Carl's <laughs> the guy. He's like uh, Ethel Pie Boy's back. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. This guy won't <laughs> give up. As long as I shoot big deer, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but. No, normally I drive around in the summertime and ask a bunch of permission, go door knocking, send out letters and everything in between, meeting people as much as I can just to try to get permission. And, and what is your approach and like from your from your dress? Because you got a to, kind of a creepy demeanor about you. So how do you yeah, get over you that? Look really <laughs> scary. Mm -hmm. You just got to be calm, relaxed and go to the door like, 
you're going to talk to him about anything else. You're not trying to give him a sales pitch. Sir, but, would you like pie? Also, yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I hunt a deer on your on your land with a bow, please? Yeah. No. Sweating profusely. <laughs> also, did I say pie? Because I have a pie. <laughs> no, normally not, but it's some, honestly astonishing how many doors you knock on just to get one yes. Yeah. What's the percentage you think there? Oh. What did you say? It really comes down to a numbers game, and I would guess you're probably looking at one yes for every 20 doors. So, I mean, oh, that's it comes down to, like, if you got to be really willing to go and do it. Who's good at math? <laughs> What's but, that percentage? So, Another cool thing with, like, deer cast marking, like, sometimes we'll just get on the the laptop or the app on the phone, and we'll just get on, and we're like, okay, that looks like a great piece, would hold great deer, and we'll start marking out a route. And that's kind of what you taught me yeah. this year, too, marking out the places you want to go, keep those a certain color. <clears throat> start marking off the ones, create a route, you know, using, using waypoints. It's like, I'll mark the farm that I want one color, find their address. All right. Their residence is here. Make it a different color, make a line. And I know the one color is the houses. Dang. So it's like, all right, if I know my colors where they live and I just make a route and that way you can hit 40 doors in one day. Alan, we just found a new deer cast 365 piece here. (laughs) (laughs) Write it down. (laughs) This is why you were asking for that pie waypoint. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't mind it. But drop the pirate. Right <laughs> no, it's honestly worked really good. I've that's something I did. I moved out here from Ohio, so that was one thing I did growing up. I mm. I knew a lot of people, but also the people that I didn't know, I'd go and knock on their door, and that's kind of how I grew up doing it. Was trying to figure out ways to get the most yeses, so I could get the most ground to hunt, which would normally give me the best opportunity what, to try what, to get one. Like, but. what do you say? Like, do you, like, do you start by asking, Hey, is anyone hunting your ground or can I, I hunt your ground? I normally, I have it kind of laid out where <laughs> introduce myself, tell them who I am, where I'm from, kind of where I live. Like a lot of the times it's close to where I live and they can build a common ground with the person. Mm-hmm. And that way they know kind of who you are, where you're from, what you do, kind of build a relationship right off the bat. And then from that, just kind of tell them what you're trying to do. And a lot of times it's, no, sorry, my uncle, cousin, whoever hunts it. So it's like, all right, that's fine. And then just walk away. But sure. Throw some, the pie in their face. <laughs> egg their house. And, <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's a yes and it works out. Some a lot of times it's a no. It's sales. So. That's exactly the same approach I would take if I were trying to, you know, find a new sponsor. You gotta find a common ground. You gotta be, you, you know, Never pretty use pies. No, no, I don't use pies. That's a good, <laughs> good t- tip, though. Uh, so it's just, it's in general, this is just a sales. You're using basic sales tools, mm-hmm. right? But in a in a different medium, right? Trying to find hunting ground for sure. And I would say, for the people that haven't done it before, the more that you do do it, the better you'll get at it. I mean, it's no different than anything else. The more you, the more you do something, the more consistent you do it, the like better lying. you'll get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Um, so. This particular property where this deer was, did you know the deer was there and that's what led you to try I had, to get access? I had no clue about that deer, honestly, until about three days, four days before we killed him. Mm-hmm. I was actually on a different deer and that's a completely different story, but didn't quite work out on that property. The landowner asked if I could get off of it and that was fine. There was a giant deer there that we were mm-hmm. in place to kill and we're going into getting ready to go and kill him and it just didn't quite work out. So. I went to that farm, pulled my cameras and then moved them. And then three days later, we killed that deer. And before that three days, like once we were off that farm, it was like, you were back to square one there. Yeah. I didn't have anything. I mean, a few deer that were nice, not anything that were big, like the one I ended up killing, but Mm -hmm. a few, you know, 130, 140 type deer that were nice deer. And I probably wouldn't have had a problem shooting, but that, that deer showed up and it's like, Holy cow, so man. we're talking about a gross 170. Um, <clears throat> the video was on the Dream Season Live series yep. on our YouTube channel, DeerCast, mm-hmm. MOTV. So if anybody's want to know, and we'll probably link it in the show notes so people can uh, t- t- go watch it. Yep. But it's pretty fun. It's a fun hunt. Heck yeah. It, the deer does what every guy dreams a deer oh, does man. when you grunt at him. So what was the time frame here? What's the time of the, the year? It was... Talking? October 28th and we, it was the day after the front came in and we had probably a 20 degree degree drop and winds out of the North. Up Barometric to 20, pressures. Pressure was through, high. The, through the roof. Deer cast was pegged with green for like a week. And we're mm-hmm. like, if there's a time to try to kill them, it's probably right now. So we ended up going in there and 
couldn't have worked out any better. And honestly, there was a lot of luck involved. I think personally, like that normally does not happen yeah. for a deer to come running to the base of the tree at eight yards and give you a shot. But your gods were watching over, you know. It was just cool too, like how we got in there and just how we went about it. Because if we wouldn't have looked at the maps ahead of time, we're so big on that. Before we go out, we're always looking at a map and mm -hmm. seeing where they might be bedding. How can we get the closest, you know, with access without spooking deer along the way? And the way in was not easy, you know. No. We decided and to take the saddles in because we knew that the, the stands were going to be a heavy option with hanging and hunting. For and sure. Tim's yeah. ears just perked up. Saddle? Yeah. Talk saddle. I thought only I talk saddle on this here podcast. Or maybe now I'm no longer the saddle guy on the team. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> You're entrenched. So tell tell us more about that because obviously that is a, a, a you know a way that a lot of people are hunting now. What did that allow you to be able to do? You talked about just, the weight of coming in and, and hanging a traditional lock on, but what else? For sure. I, I mean, like you said, when we looked at the map, in our access, we were going down a big hill, going to have to slip through a creek and come clear back up the creek. And we knew if we had hang-ons on our back, mm. one, we'd be loud, and two, we'd be sweating like pigs trying to get in there yeah. and do it. But that's one thing that I picked up years back, saddle hunting, when I was on public ground down in Southeast Ohio, it's like, you might have to hike in two miles. And if you do that with a climber or a hang-on on your back, you might pass out in the woods and die, you know, it's like <laughs> walking up hills and stuff. So that's one reason we grabbed the hawk saddles and slid up in that tree. And the tree, actually, you couldn't have put a stand in that tree if you wanted to. It was it wide off in two different directions. And we both hung on the same branch and it worked out really well. It's kind of romantic, too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. you know. Just, we just swinging. swinging. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, it was, it was awesome, man. And okay, I, I don't think it would have happened without... The hawk saddle okay so that's the setup getting in so you're sitting in the in in the saddle and has a lot of time passed or is it in the morning in the afternoon or what are we talking here it was the evening we got in early on purpose because we had expected it to be pretty good that evening just with the way deer cast was looking and the pressure and mm -hmm. everything was perfect so we knew that we needed to get in there one thing i forgot to mention is i got pictures of those deer that morning before daylight and i had a feeling that they had most likely bedded in there because this whole farm is just thick mm. and we ended up getting in there and it was probably i don't know two o'clock one o'clock two o'clock pretty close to that scrape that yeah. we were trying to get closest to on the map we're like how can we get to that scrape right. you know it was right at that peak how scraping time i think it was probably close to 150 200 yards which sounds like a long ways away and we would have liked to get closer but we didn't know where those deer were and we didn't want to get too close and booger yeah. them out. So we stayed back a little ways. And when we came up the Creek and if you watch the episode, you'll see it, but we literally shoot right up the Creek and we're sitting over top of the Creek. So there's nothing that can get behind us. Nice. Wind's good. Wind's at face. our face. Perfect. It felt bulletproof. And we had a feeling that they were going to come out into this green field that I don't know if it was rye or winter weed or what it was, but there was green growing in this field. And we had a feeling that they were going to come out there. And I think it was probably, close to hour and a half or two hours before we seen our first deer. And it was just a couple of does that were through a finger and Bryce was trying to film them and he was freehanding with the camera. So it was kind of hard, but we ended up seeing the other deer, which was a big nine point, also a giant deer. And then the deer that I shot came out and he was right behind the other buck. So they were venturing up the hill and it's how like, far are we talking? Probably I'd say 200, 250 yards. So you spot them. And at that point, do you decide to decide, okay, we need to call and get aggressive? And yeah. At first, it, I wasn't quite sure what their intentions were. And when <clears> the does <throat> led the way and kind of the buck followed and you seen that they were marching up the hill, it's like, well, if we don't do something, they're going to walk out of our lives mm -hmm. forever. And just so happens, I forgot my rattling antlers that day or else I might have rattled, but had the grunt tube in my backpack and pulled that out. And I'm trying to grunt at them. And Bryce is telling me if they can hear it or not. And I'm like, Blowing that thing as loud as I can. They can't hear it because the wind's howled so That's hard. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we sorry, Tim. <laughs> Damn it. Did just quit hitting the soundboard, Tim? <laughs> uh, so which, what, what call are you using? And you said, did you end up snort wheezing? Yeah, I ended up snort wheezing. And the first buck heard the grunts. The second one didn't. So we had the HS buck bark and I snort wheezed. And both of the deer heard that. But the one in the back engaged in it looked the at big us, deer. the big deer engaged mm -hmm. in it looked at it 
and marched right down the hill towards us. And how loud did you, that's always the part for me that I'm always a little, little trepidation on how loud to call. Obviously it's dependent on how far they are and all that. But I'd say, you know, if, if Scott were here on the podcast, he would probably say like, I always usually start a little low mm-hmm. and try to work my work way, way a little more aggressive. Cause he's like, Oh, he didn't hear you. He didn't hear you. So in the For same sure. scenario, you're talking like, this is where a camera guy is helpful because a lot of times I'll face away a little bit and, and try to direct it behind that's, me. That's what I started with because naturally in your head, even with a 25 mile an hour wind in your face, naturally your first instinct is to blow up behind you. So they, you're going to pull them further. But with as hard as that wind was blown, it's like I was blowing that grunt call so hard. It was breaking the reed over and there wasn't even much noise coming like, out of yeah, it. So they, they weren't nothing. hearing it. And that, I think that snort, we just had enough volume to carry the sound that much further. And that's so you're really, I, I mean, loud, as, as loud, loud as, as I could. could. Yeah. A couple, like what's the cadence there? <laughs> A couple times, just once, just once, it was just as one single and time. I'd say a few grunts before, and yeah, maybe even one after because if it's it looked real like quiet, it pissed them off. Hey, some reason that doesn't work, right? <laughs> but I think so another bad. tip too, like when you're grunting and snort wheezing, is just really watching the demeanor of the deer. You'll you'll see an ear twitch. They yeah. might not even look your way, but yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see that ear sure. twitch. <clears throat> he engages. He marches straight over almost like trot almost right yeah i mean he was he basically ran into us i and he when he came i had the grunt call in my hand my gloves on i don't like shooting with my gloves on so i'm yeah. by the time i seen him turn and start coming towards us i peeled my gloves off through my grunt and my go, jacket go, as go, fast go. as i could and by the time i looked up he was 20 yards right here it's like <laughs> holy crap so it was all instinct at that point yeah right? oh, there was yeah. no 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 range and no it was nothing. just reaction and i knew the base of the tree was within 10 to 15 yards, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, he came right to that and literally ripped a scrape right at the bottom on the branch that was right underneath our feet. I feel like that doesn't happen very often to a lot of people. And there's a lot of luck involved, but honestly, sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good. So. Mark and Terry have said that it a long time, man. That's No, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. So <laughs> that, that hunt reminded me of the old VHS days of Mark and Terry sounds like the timber hunts or, mm-hmm. you know, I know mm-hmm. the field and all that was involved, but just the excitement of it. That's, that's a fun, that's a rut hunt. That's yeah. a fun yeah. rut hunt. Oh right? yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that's exactly you don't what, get them enough. That's exactly what happened to my deer this year that I, tried to kill i was like oh this is happening like carson's like i grunted he came running in almost to the base of the tree and i didn't end up killing him yeah oh, and man. it happens like that i mean that deer that i called in could have very well got to the base of the tree went to look rip the scrape and looked right up at us and boom yeah gone that yeah, yeah, anything's yeah. possible when you go out there especially that time of year it's like god knows what you're saying. that's why I think not that you're a casual hunter, but that's why casual hunters love the rut so much because it can even the playing field for a lot of people. But that's also why those big deer hunters, they typically hate the Despise rut it, because yeah. that's when the deer they may have had patterned will go venture out. Venture out and Susie Clark. Yeah. Her first yeah. buck. But it, it, it does even the playing field. That's, yeah. It's interesting. Certainly. Well, I don't like you, Carson. Uh, so, I mean, you shoot the deer. And that, then the wobbles. Oh yeah. I absolutely lost my mind in the tree and me and Bryce were both freaking out. (laughs) It just just happened so fast. We were just like, we were, did we get him? Did we, and we were pretty sure we saw him fall. (laughs) Right. Did this just happen to us? Really? We thought we seen him crash in the woods and we had to go back and watch the footage like twice. And then even then I was like, I'm pretty sure he's dead, but I don't know. And I don't want to go over there and spook him and watch him run away. You know? So we eased over there, got down, eased over there real slow and, he had Check to keep prying blood. me to keep walking because I was like, oh, should we back out? I don't know. Because the blood where I hit him, it, there just wasn't a lot of blood that had came out of him because the shot was so high because he was right under yeah. us. But we got, he kept prying me and we walked right up on top of him. And it was like surreal. <laughs> just it surreal. Was, it was nuts. So but fun. How big <clears throat> of a piece of ground was that you were on? I want to say it was. 180 acres. Oh, wow. Like Decent size. Decent chunk. Are you, you going to be able to go back this year? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Early season. Wow. He has a guy that comes in. And, it was in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I should be able to get back in there early season this next year. So that's great. There's, there was a lot of great deer. I ran. give that lady two pies. Yeah. A couple, a couple of pies. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was good. It was good. And I'm really looking forward to hunting there and getting it. Sure. Absolutely. It's an awesome yeah. farm. 
yeah, the permission game can be can be a, a pain in the butt, but it yeah. could also be really rewarding in that instance. Uh, I'm curious from Bryce's perspective as a camera guy, like all that's unfolding very quickly. Yeah. Like what are your priorities during during that scenario? Well, like we said, it just happens so fast. You know, it was in my mind. I was just like, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Because I mean, it was just. Are we I recording? Was, I was, and two, I, w- I like to take my gloves off more, but it was pretty cold that that afternoon. So, I mean, I was trying in the saddles. This is where I was actually the first time I've ever been in the saddle. Yeah. We've tested them and stuff at the office to make sure I knew what I was doing, being safe. But that was actually my first time up in a tree mm-hmm. with a saddle on. And honestly, that helped a ton because the way he came trucking down the hill, if if I was in a stand, I, I was able to move around the tree, you know, as he was coming down. But pretty much only thing that I was able to do is just back the camera out. You know, he was just coming, yeah. coming, coming so close. And then right. I was like, is he going to come on the left side of the tree, the right side? And for the time you could even think he was right there at that scrape right. and seen, I heard him go full draw and I'm like, <laughs> it's going to happen <laughs> oh any, any second here. <laughs> yeah. And I had him wait just a split second so I could nail the focus with the we were kind of shooting through the branch, but he yeah, had just a perfect little opening. You know, I figured maybe we we're going to have to wait for him to walk, but he's like, I got a hole. And it was about the size of a basketball. And thank God he stopped where he did, because if he'd have kept going, it would have been at least another 20 yards from the base of our tree past us before Touch I'd shot, had another shot 40 yards. quartering away. Probably. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a mess. But thankfully, he stopped where he did and. He, he did hold me off because I was going to shoot him as he was still running in. He was like right here. I'm like, I'm going to shoot. Like, I'm going to jump whoa, on whoa, him. He's like, wait, wait, wait. About so, could have jumped on him as close as he was. What was yeah. it, like eight yards eight, or something? Eight steps from the base of the tree that we were in to where the arrow impacted him. So, Did you hold lower on him because he was so close? Um, not, not too much. I mean, I tried to bury it right in there as much as I could, but at the time I didn't really realize that his leg was still back and – it ended up being tick higher than what I wanted, but with that angle, it's like mm-hmm. you're gonna get right in there with everything, and that's yeah. why when when we had shot him, I was questionable about the shot because it felt like it was super high. But yeah, but at the angle, at the, the angle, angle, it was, was probably perfect. yeah, it actually poked out right behind his offside shoulder, yeah. and it was it was right on. But that's it's interesting how an instinct can kick in right or wrong, like in the right way or the wrong way, and mm, and sure. what what moves a person makes. Either you lose your kind of lose your shit and make a mistake, mm, or yeah. you execute because you've done it so much and you kind of are yeah. cool, calm, and collected. So I've been on both ends of that, unfortunately, this year on the wrong end of that with Titan in the early season, just didn't think think it through, and you know I should have instinctually said, oh, that's twenty yards, but instead I ranged and range in the wrong spot. And I, you know, I didn't think it, I just, mm-hmm, I should have sure. just put that aside and he's right here. It's a no brainer mm-hmm. kind yep. of thing. There's always a million things running through your head yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Yep, no that, that sounds what you, like what you did. It was just yeah. like, yeah, it's a no brainer. This is it here. My instincts kick in. Like yep. you said. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the more situations you seem to put yourself in, the more you can kind of sit back. And if it don't work, be like, well, what did we screw up that time? You know, yeah. and then kind of, <laughs> Take that into consideration for every other time you go in, and I should be really good by now. But <laughs> still learning lessons. <laughs> Same here. Yep. School of hard knocks is still in session. Yeah, th- I mean th- that's really the the double edged sword of bow hunting is that you just you very you very rarely get a chance for redemption. Like it's a one or done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very true. Absolutely. And, and you try to learn from those situations, um, but there's just so much involved. So oh, many yeah. things. More things can go wrong uh, than. King, they typically go right. 100%. Yeah, and then add a camera to the mix. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> throw a whole another wrench in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys caught lightning in a bottle on this one. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a, we've been on a lot of hunts, and <laughs> yeah. we filmed a lot of hunts, and it was like, man, sitting back and watching the full edit. You know, it's like, wow, that was. You know, that's a top five hunt that'll that'll be tough to beat. <laughs> yeah, more than yeah. more than anything, I think going through it, you know, all of, all of us on this set have, have been through this where it's like, man, you grind so much, so much, so much. And you see the success of others. And then, and you guys are in camp with Mark Wade, per, you know, Perry, that's, that's a tough camp to be in because they're yeah. good. They're really efficient killers mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and a lot. And a lot of times across the two States, they're jumping back and forth from. So it's, I know the feeling personally, like when we succeed, finally, 
it's just like, man, you're riding a different kind of high. <laughs> yeah, you really feel, you feel like, man, this is, this is what these guys are going to feel like oh, yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. No well, and, and, and it also shows like we have a variety of different styles of hunting within yeah. the Drury Outdoors ecosystem. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. it's not, because sometimes we get the reputation as box blinds and food plots and, Only. and that's it. Yeah. But our guys, I don't know of a style of hunting that our guys don't have. Kelly Turner was in a fence row in like a lawn chair with a crossbow a few years ago and yeah. killed something in Illinois. So well, there's, yeah. there's, we, he was in a house, like an old abandoned house this year and killed one. Yeah. Cool. Creeping around. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. All kinds of different styles between, you know, we got 50 people or whatever it is, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, Two years ago, Perry killed that one out of that cattle shack. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. Fast hunt. It's so. like whatever, whatever works, whatever's legal. Absolutely. Man. Well, congratulations. I appreciate it. You appreciate know, why we got these two here, Bryce had a really cool season too. He had a, yeah. what, a new piece of ground that you had just bought, you know, your wife just bought. Yeah. Just an acreage and um, small or small, small piece, right? Yeah. Less than six acres. So, um, that's a cool thing with Iowa. You know, we are fortunate. Kansas. There are bigger deer. Oh, yeah, Kansas. and uh, Northern Kansas. You know, as long as you're in the right area, decent trees around, you know, I was expecting I'll have some deer during the rut in the backyard and kind of thing and put some cameras out and boy, it wasn't too long. And we did, we did do a ton of work. I, we did food plots and stuff like that, more in hopes for this next year, you know, just kind of establishing first year. They did okay, but didn't take long and... Uh, deer we called crook really big upper 70s buck 80s and biggest deer i've ever had to chase and sure enough it was just right in the backyard all year and he was all over you the entire was, season it was him chasing pretty hard you know with with our editing and you know going out and filming and stuff making time because it's hard to you get. get get these trail camera photos and you're like oh man he's getting close to daylight or he did daylight you know it's like yeah watching those wind the wind and watching those days on deer cast you know like picking those grades like that's so nice for us to be like all right if we grind super hard monday through thursday mm -hmm. we could maybe get out friday yeah. evening and go go i know on, ben so. struggles with the same thing because he he'd be getting pictures this fall a deer and it's like hey you know yeah. you want to get out there but you guys have the reason why we have such great content put out on youtube and deercast all the time is you guys are putting it out there you're mm -hmm. the ones doing right. the work and when you're also hunters that's a tough that's tough through the the fall. Right, you like gotta you guys got to bust through the work to be able to, yeah. Do, yeah. to go out and hunt. Or if it's like the weather's absolutely perfect, Mark will hint like, I think maybe you boys should get out, but then we'll come back into the office and work, and all, work, night. In, work <laughs> all night. <laughs> yeah, you know? so. There's been times where we'll go out and then come back at well, well after dark and then <laughs> edit for, you know, three, four, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so... It didn't end up working out on the big, big deer, but you still had a really cool hunt happen, right? November, yeah. The early November? Yeah. Yeah. The crook, he ended up, um, like you were mentioning earlier, with big deer, you sometimes you only get one shot at them, you know, before they're gone. And we had an awesome encounter one morning, came into 30 yards, and I just had one, one to two twigs in my way. And there he was broadside yeah. Carson's on the other side of the tree like let it let it loose let's go and unfortunately it was just like shot I wasn't comfortable with mm -hmm. and I'm like deer that caliber there's just let's not risk it so unfortunately he walked out of my life and um we uh started switching gears I was had pictures of some other great bucks too you know I was technically my number two we called him Shrek. I sent a photo of him the first time he was ripping a scrape, just this big bodied buck, eight point and, um, sent it to Carson. He's like, he looks like Shrek. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a name for him. So yeah, it was, I think November 18th, 18th I believe yeah. we were hunting pretty That's hard. Right. And, uh, the, that few stretch there, it was a real frosty morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, pressure was right. It was just one of those where Mark's like, you know, if it's frosty, they might bed up for a little bit mm -hmm. and then wait an hour or two. And they usually get up on their feet and start running around with that hard frost. So, and that was kind of exactly what happened. We, yeah. we did have some early movement with like a little buck coming in. Mm -hmm. They started chasing pretty good. And we looked, um, it was actually across the road. I actually, I'm pretty sure I spotted him first. And it was just a quick second. And I was like, well, it was a big deer. Don't know who he was about, what was it? 20 minutes later, you kept yeah. hearing grunting and all sorts of just 
buck roars it was a long ways away so it's like am i really hearing that am i not <laughs> you don't know but like start to make stuff up in your head sometimes <laughs> yeah. when you're sitting out there oh, yeah. like was that really a grunt or <laughs> yeah. so we ended up catching him uh carson saw some does um on the other side of the fence and sure enough i wasn't really able to see and the does started working towards us and sure enough he stood up on that little shrek and then yep. <laughs> my uh my plan to kill crook went right through the window i'm like mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i got eyes sure. on him i'm like we're gonna shoot this deer yeah. if he comes in limited no time and he's a great mature oh buck. absolutely I mean, those are, you no can't doubt. lift a look a gift horse in the mouth kind of thing it's yeah. like yeah this deer is great but this this one's right here yeah 100 percent. Sure. so um there was still a hot doe i think there was what four four or five four does or five. and one of them was still hot and she ran perfectly. I did throw a few grunts at him. And hot. <laughs> we threw a few grunts at him and maybe even a snort wheeze. And yeah. like we were saying, watching their demeanor, you could tell I'm interested on this doe here. So we just were like put the grunt call away. And sure enough, that doe just, it was perfect. She it's ran and she was going to cross the road. And then she's like, ah, I don't want to do that. And she just whipped right around and she came hopped the fence and she came trucking through just sprinting through and then we seen him coming and it was about as fast as we could grab the bow you were kind of almost having a hard time staying on them as fast as they came in yeah i had the dslr and i was a manual and had to switch it back to auto when they got in the in the open i was like oh boy had to stand (laughs) up try to zoom the lens out because they were so close but that too is, is instinct, awesome. by the way. You don't um, want to go out there messing around with a DSLR if you yes. halfway know what you're doing. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. And he came running right through, right into the food plot we planted that summer. And he was at 23 yards, I believe, and yeah. stopped in the first time. He didn't hear it. And we did have a decoy out. And I think he came around the corner and his doe was there. Buck he saw doe? that. It was a buck. And you okay. can tell, like, in the video, you can see him kind of puff up yeah. a little bit. Cool. And, uh, sure enough, the second man stopped him and was able to whip one right through him. And he ran across, across the creek and we watched him fall over yes. on, on the six acres too, which yes. was like nice best case scenario. Uh-huh. Like yeah, that's like my to. dream come true. I've yeah. always wanted to kill a deer on my own place yeah. and be able to have it actually fall that's awesome. insight. I think that's yeah, about as cool as it gets. 120 yards from the backsliding door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. It's, I never would have guessed in the backyard like that it just seems so impossible impossible yeah it's just like how is this happening like these deer but like i said you just sometimes if you're in the right area and do a little bit of work to your farm you know i think like caleb byers you know when he was on the team he had that little acreage and house and they killed a couple really good deer on that small piece right there and so that same day once you said the data reminded me when you killed that the on the team i think taylor Terry, you, myself, and was, a lot of people killed on there was like five, five or six kills that morning mm-hmm. and that day or whatever. And and it kicked off with Scott and I. Oh, Scott's. Scott Scott's, was that afternoon. That's then. right. Yeah. And it was a frosty, frosty morning. It was so bad. Like we were in a, a blind on my farm mm-hmm. and we couldn't get the windows popped open. Oh. And okay. it was they were frosted Frozen. shut. They were froze shut. And we finally kind of pushed through and got it open. And that's when Scott's like, There's there's a buck out there. <laughs> oh, no, like, but we had a doe decoy out. And wow. uh that's why I asked which which decoy you had, but it's it's made him stick around long enough. He ours was on a hot doe as well. Really? He just shadowed her all the way in. And, uh, he, he stopped long enough to kind of look at our decoy where she kept walking off and he, he had a decision to make. Yep. He, well, he chose wrong regardless. Cause he, got killed, <laughs> but he, he, he chose right. Cause he went with her, yeah. you know, the, the real deer. And, uh, it was just interesting to kind of watch how that, how that took place in that moment, you know, him trying sure. to go through the decision like, mm-hmm. well, should I go with that doe or should I stick with the one I'm on? Yeah, absolutely. But it was a frosty, beautiful, high pressure oh, yeah. uh, uh, morning that day. Paying attention absolutely. to that deer cast, man, it's crazy. Cause it's funny. Oh, yeah. The same day Carson killed, we had five kills that That's same right. day. Mark Taylor, Dustin Lynch, That's me. Right. I, I want to say there was a Missouri kill yeah, that day too, maybe. I believe so. Uh, Cameron. Was it? Yes, it was, was Cameron. Yeah, that was the day, like both, it was both those was times just, when yep. we were at the camps. Yeah. But, 10, 10 kills in two days. Yeah. <laughs> you, and it was a, it was a rough, rough season for weather overall, but when the weather got right, everything 
moved. It mm-hmm. just opened everything mm-hmm. up, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the, the tale of the season that felt like for sure. But, Absolutely. uh, that was, yeah, it was interesting how that works out. So, you know, when I look at deer cast, we've talked about it before. I don't know about you guys. Like it's good to see the, the, um, daily like hey it's a great yeah. but i really i mean that's just a glance for me i like the hourly i dive into yeah, for sure the exact pressure and when it's peaking and when the clouds are coming in to me mm-hmm. that's where the devil's in the details like, Absolutely. so it takes a little bit i think you know maybe you're 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 probably your a seasoned hunter knows exactly what they're looking for and it's mm-hmm. convenient because it puts it all into one place but for somebody learning how to hunt that's where you really figure yeah. out what what's affecting yeah. the deer movement. Like why, why were they moving? You yeah. Know? And yeah. then you see that pressure up in the thirties. You're like, okay, that, that makes more Big sense. Factor, you for know? Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Cloud cover, all that stuff. Yeah. It's, Moon phase. All it's cool. Important. Well, that's a pretty awesome. I mean, you guys, besides the grind of the edit season, the deer season, you both had phenomenal deer seasons. Oh yeah. Amazing. It was as good as it gets. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's nice to see you guys be successful because you work so hard on the Drew outdoors stuff. And then to like go out and do it on your own. Cause I think the other misconception people have is like, Oh, everyone just hunts at Mark and Terry's places no. and mm-hmm. they're all just giving deer. Like, Six acres permission piece. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, that's right. the reality of it. So. It's a grind. And I think if people, I think everyone can relate. Everybody needs another hunting piece or everyone thinks you got a lease now to, to hunt. But if you really just have put eyes. in one week of just real hard work, get on the phone, the computer deer cast, map your roots and um go out there and execute execute you know yeah. i think you, you knocked on 70 doors in one or two days there and yeah that was just during a couple the, yeses and, during the summer and there was a couple farms that i ended up getting permission to hunt that i had asked to shed hunt that later on i'd come back in the years call it august or september and introduce myself again they already know my face they've seen me before and some of those people are the people that i had some of my best farms yeah. that i picked up you know so it just kind of depends I guess. i'm kind of stuck right now because there's i've lost the piece down in bourbon the 380 and it's probably a better turkey farm than it was anything else i'm really bummed about it this mm-hmm. spring yeah but there's a farm right across the county highway that i would love to get onto but the house is like up a gravel drive and there's a gate and it says no trespassing and so it's like Go and, and get shot. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you get in there? And, you know, I, I don't think it ever hurts to ask. And I've always told myself the worst thing that they can say to you is no. And I mean, I guess they could pull a gun on you, but hopefully not. And but a lot I think of them, in those scenarios, though, it's one thing to go to a, a house that's fairly gettable, you know, easily to get to. But when it's like a back gate, a, a long gate, yeah, along with a gate that says don't. Those are the ones where those people mean business. Mm-hmm. Typically, you don't. Yeah. That that's where I wouldn't even think twice about it. And that's where I think we we would send letters. letters. Yeah. That's and, and it's a lot of those old boys and gals. They're, I mean, they're old school, you yeah. know. Yeah. So something True. as simple as a handwritten letter um, mm-hmm. goes a long ways. I think for those. That yeah. older group. generation. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, one last thing I got to ask you, wasn't there, this wasn't like this past fall, the season before that, didn't you have a bit of an issue on a piece that you thought you had permission on or. Yeah. You know, we should tell the <laughs> negative side of this, but with leaving yeah. detail, like major details out of it. For sure. So I, I actually still hunt on this guy's properties. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a great gentleman. And, uh, I asked him for three different parcels. He owned three different parcels. He And I told him each one, told him the road that they were on, everything, made sure I was clear. He said, yeah, you're good to go. Awesome. Cool. So I go and put cameras out on all three of those farms. Well, oh, man, it was probably two months that went by, and it was probably, I would guess, the first week in September and ended up getting a picture of a deer that was probably – 200 220 inches oh, giant, giant. <laughs> and the biggest deer i've ever had a photo of ever and i'm losing my mind and come to find out we're going in there switching some cameras around because season's approaching you know it's the mm-hmm. beginning of september but october's rolling in and we go to pull in there to switch some cameras out and another car's there and he was like you got permission to be here i was like yeah and i told him who the landowner was and everything and he's like i don't think you do i was like what are you talking about? He's like, I have this lease and whatever. And we had called an altercation, but we went back and forth a few different times and ended up the landowner didn't realize that he said that it was okay if I was on that parcel. Well, I didn't know that. 
So I went and apologized to the guy. I apologized to the guy who was leasing it. And I was like, I, if I had known it was leased, I wouldn't have stepped foot on it. You know, mm-hmm. like I had no idea. I just thought it was private ground that no one was on. So I went in there and threw a camera on just like I did his other two parcels. So yeah. my bad, but <laughs> I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Did anybody get a pie out of the deal? No, well, <laughs> the landowner has got many pies. Since then, <laughs> I've, I've been hunting his stuff for two years and he's an awesome dude. And he understood that was just a misunderstanding between the two of us. But yeah. did the other guy end up killing the deer? No, he said deer's actually still alive, I guess, but he's 400 he, inches. <laughs> he said that he was hunting him two years prior to that. And uh, he said he had a couple close calls with him, never got uh-huh. him killed. And then he said in the 2023 season that just ended, he said that deer was a lot smaller this year and ended up that guy, actually, that guy actually ended up killing a, uh, I think it was 200 plus inch deer. It was yeah. a giant this Jeez. year. Same, guy. I would guess the same piece. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. But it's a shame you weren't on that piece. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which one sure. of the other ones would have been least? <laughs> but, well, no, I just, I vaguely remembered that. I didn't remember the details, but I figured yeah. we'd saw the downside of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of downsides yeah. for sure. That guy was, that guy was not happy when I pulled it. <laughs> Might've chucked some double A's at me, but. <laughs> some energizers flying wow. by. Yeah. I think that was a lithium. I got some D's in the truck. <laughs> yeah, wait, right D's nuts. <laughs> yeah, forgive and forget, I guess, right? Yeah, or not. Yeah. All right. All right. Tim, why are you so immature? The question of the day. I'm trying. The question of the day is uh, brought to you by HHA Sports. Check out the brand new Tetra Rise X3, a groundbreaking three-pin site with a removable removable yardage wheel featuring the longest tapes tape sets they've ever built. So we got a chance, Tim and I, to see this at ATA. Uh, this year in St. Louis. It's yeah, cool. it sounds like it's it's kind of, it's interesting to you because <laughs> like you've you've used a single pin now for three three years, years now, yeah. and uh, never had an issue until this year. It was my issue. I mean, I'm the dummy, but but it's still, if, it know, made me got, think twice about it. Yeah, so this is a nice. It's it's still a pretty clean sight picture. Yeah. You still have the yardage wheel. You can change the yardage on it. Yeah, um, but it's three pins. It's it's more of. Well, we talked about that instinct in the moment of truth. I, I know like a lot of people that go to single pin, love them and never go back. I felt like I shot a little better once I went to a single pin. Cause I think the multiple, I used focus to shoot like better. a four pin mm-hmm. focus better. And I, it almost gave me anxiety sometimes. I think, you know, just, yeah. you know, choosing the right yardage and all that. But, um, but Terry always, he stuck to the, I think they had an, an another three pin, mm-hmm. um, HHA does. And he stuck to that. And he, he just likes the have knowing, Hey, I know this is 30, <laughs> this is 40, yeah. this is 60 or whatever it is. So now that's kind of in the back of my head. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is an interesting. <laughs> yeah. It could be a, like a middle ground. Floor. Yeah, exactly. So does the bottom pin float on this new one or is it all don't three? Don't ask us technical details. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We've only I didn't know if you were it. able to play with it at all. Tim. Move on. <laughs> it's your seg. It's your segment, oh, brother. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what kind of deer sign do you look at after season to start making plans for next season? Okay, so what? What about you guys? You know, you got a permission piece, or you're on your six acres. What kind of deer sign are you looking for right now to mar- start figuring out? All right, I need to move a set here. I need a plot there, or whatever the case. This is the access. Whatever. To me, I think. I think the most valuable thing you can do on any farm really is walk at this time of year when everything, all that sign from last year's laid out, you have the bare bones, everything's there. You can see the trails, the rubs, the scrapes. Personally, I always look for those big hub scrapes that are a community scrape for all the deer that you know that every single deer is coming to. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'd say nine times out of 10, if you put a camera over that, say in September, when they really start going or early October, you're going to get a picture of every buck that's using that piece or far part of the farm or whatever it might be. I think scrapes are huge when it comes to getting a pattern on a deer and where they're at and why I mm-hmm. think, I think scrapes are super, super, super important. So this time of year leaves off, you're looking for trails, rubs, scrapes. Yeah. Those transition areas where, you know, you know that, or maybe a spot where you have three or four different trails cross. And if you have a tree that sets up maybe good for a Northwest wind or whatever it might be, trying to find those spots this time of year opposed to when you get into the summer and then mm-hmm. everything's a green jungle and you can't see yeah, but 10 yeah. feet in front of yeah. you. Yeah. It's 
it's beneficial to do your scouting this time of year. And I've, I've even prepped trees, go out there with a saw because it's going to look like what it looks like now in the fall once the leaves mm -hmm. come off. Mm -hmm. So how about you? Very similar, you know, do a lot of shed hunting here in the next month or two. So while I'm out there, I've always have deer cast open. And like he was saying, I mark everything. So when we go back, like we were saying before a hunt, we can go back and say, oh, you know, like you're saying with a scrape, October yeah. time frame, where were those at? And I think this time of year too, especially if there's even a little bit of snow, you can find out exactly where those deer are bedding. And yeah. I think that's huge because in the summer and, you know, you're not always going to have this opportunity this time of year with every farm, but, you know, if you can be able to find those bedding pockets and then you know how to access when you come in hunting the previous year. Sure. And I, I think that's pretty beneficial too. access is king. So I'm marking trees, marking scrapes, pretty much all the sign that I see that's large and you can tell more than just one deer is using it. Um, fence crossings, stuff yeah. like that. You just don't see in the summertime. So I think there's really something to be said too, for the permission ground, for example, like if you hunt a farm for the first year, normally that year is tough, man. And you, struggle but normally the second and third year on a farm you kind of have a better idea where those deer are going to be bedding or where they're going to be moving through and kind of why and it also depends on the crop rotation too like i think mm -hmm. depending on what crops you have is going to dictate where those deer are going to move in there are the normally, neighbors yeah <laughs> normally year to year is different but you know i think all those things are important factors when it comes to this time of year when you go in there and look at the sign and try to find sheds or whatever. I think there's a lot of things, a lot of different things you could be looking at to yeah. maximize your scouting this time of year. But I wouldn't get too down either. Cause there's some guys that just don't winter deer too, you yeah. know? So then they get out there. And there's nothing, there's, no sheds, there's nothing no here. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, this time of year can be tough, but when you're in the areas where they are staying, it's, yep. it can be very vital. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you, you get a snow and you can see some trails that maybe you wouldn't have been able to yeah. see otherwise. Down, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know. Okay. The wildlife word is brought to you by cold steel, the strongest and sharpest knives for hunters, military law enforcement, and EMS. Defend yourself against the coming zombie apocalypse with the six inch modified cleaver blade of the cold steel mayhem. Jeez, Ken. Bad boy. Hey, trying to compensate this. for something. <laughs> it's not always about the size of the oh. blade. Wow, we got a knifey spoony here. <laughs> Sometimes it's just about how sharp it is. Wow. How, how well you wield it, Tim. Huh. <laughs> Wield things over here. Dang. All right. So speaking of sheds, the record set of whitetail sheds were found in an old farmhouse by an outfitter in the 1990s. The buck was known as the General, and the sheds were picked up in 1958 and in the mid-220s. What state were they found in? Is it A, Nebraska, A, or sorry, A, Nebraska, B, Alaska, C, Illinois, or D, Iowa? Carson seems to know. He's cut you off right at A. <laughs> I should have just let him go. It's A, right? Okay. I was going to say Nebraska. I don't know why. I had no reason. You seem to know why. <laughs> so I think Illinois. I figured I've heard that being from Nebraska. Could be terrible if it is, eh? Well, it's Nebraska. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. I, read, I read an article on that yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes oh, hold on. I can't read. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, sometimes referred to as the Nebraska General. Nice. So I, I think I think alone, just sheer score, the the matching set went in the 190s and without a, a, a spread. spread. Mm -hmm. Wow. Giant and giant. The the rancher whose uh, house they came from, I, th I think he said they were like that year, 1958. There were three bucks roaming around. They were all about the same size as that as that deer. Wow! And that's wow. back in you know 1958 where deer were kind of unicorns and yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Probably it's not. I, I mean, wasn't there a period of history there once they kind of got killed out the you know where there wasn't a ton of hunting probably going on because there weren't a ton of deer i mean yeah. would that be kind of square in that yeah time I, I frame mean, i mean there there were there were years i don't remember when the first uh like when they reinstituted deer hunting in illinois but it was like during my dad's lifetime yeah. 60s uh, I, I think so yeah so there was a few years there where you, there was no whitetail hunting mm. but can you imagine? We'd be out of jobs, fellas. Crazy. Well. Be Shoot a lot of turkeys here. in the spring. Right. right. <laughs> called deer cast. Squirrel cast. cast. 
Nebraska. Okay. All right. Well, no thanks to our audience. We have no shout outs. This Come morning. on, guys and gals. Jeez. We need some shout outs. We need Jeez. to, we need you to do us a huge favor. Like subscribe, you know, leave us a, a review for Give the podcast. Follow us over in the rack pack. Mm -hmm. All that stuff helps. Yeah, please. We should probably start the show with that. <laughs> when most of the people are still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, do us a solid. <laughs> All right. So this week we got some new rack pack members, the private Facebook group uh, for the listeners of the podcast. And every week I butcher some names every week. There's a fake one in here that we got to sniff out. Yeah. All right. We have Trevor Berwick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Heather Paris Hawk. So mm. she could be a serial killer. Paris Hawk. Uh, <laughs> Is that a fake name? No. Okay. Alistair Get pa Panic. Alistair Gin Get Panic. Alice Ali Star Get Panic. I can't think of how that's fake. That's okay. It feels Maybe fake. It's not fake. He's related by proxy. Shana? That's yeah. Shayna uh Forrest's wife. That's his that's Forrest's father-in-law, James. All right. Derek Qatar Kennedy. Hmm. Why are they going to include the middle name? Is that a middle name? We should, Qatar? We should ask. It's an interesting it. name. I don't know. I, I go back to Alistair Get Panic that I, that's probably fake somehow and I can't figure it out. Mm. Could what, be the Paris Hawk. Paris Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Heather Pet. Sounds like a raptor. Yeah. But the whole the name Paris usually Hawk. is fake, not just like two parts of the. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> Alistair Get Panic. Yes, I read it many times. Alice Target. Well, there's got to be some. So it could have been Heather some, Paris Hawk. Some cushion around it. <laughs> maybe, maybe it also is. Sorry, Heather. <laughs> yeah, one of the like three women that are in the group. Yeah. She's Just like, I'm blasted. <laughs> That'll teach you. Oh, she probably doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, well, guys, it's on to sheds and turkeys. Amen. Coyotes and trapping. And for people that do that, Absolutely. I'm not one, but I, I know of people. I've heard of it. Great, understand great the concepts. <laughs> huge. It'd be huge. <laughs> I don't know. People do it. <laughs> It'd be great. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for episode number 365. Because, I mean. You want it's to. It's next. It is next. <laughs> they seem to go in some type of order. All right, boys. Well, thanks we for appreciate you coming in. in. Thanks yeah. for appreciate having it. us. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us on here. Hopefully have another banner year like you did last Ooh, year. Hope so. Start putting in the work now. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That's All true. right. Until next time. Peace out. See ya. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast. DeerCast.